In a world that's constantly shouting who you should be, have you ever stopped to think, who am I, really? I wanna take you through eight powerful steps where you're going to uncover the true you. You're going to align with your deepest values and you're gonna come out the other side with a new sense of direction and joy and fulfillment that you may have not felt before. I wanna introduce you to Awaken Me, a journey to finding you, which is a transformative experience. It's crafted by me, Amy Wine, an award-winning marriage and family therapist, professional counselor, and peak performance mindset coach, and a business strategist. I understand how to help people find out who they are at their core. And this is designed to do that past all labels and expectations of other people, of who they think we are, and who they say we should be. So isn't it time to find out who you are and get out from under of all the expectations of the roles you play and who everybody else thinks and says you should be and how you should act? Because I think it's time to awaken your true potential in life. So join me on this journey, hit the link below, and step into a life that you were meant to live. I'll see you inside. I'm John Wine. Like the drink. I married a great name. And man. We've been married for 21 years. But we've been together for 29 years. We have three children, two girls and a boy. John is a petroleum engineer. And Amy is a marriage therapist. We have decided to try and work together, bringing you this podcast. We know from experience that relationships aren't perfect. Far from it. And Amy has worked with hundreds of couples in a large private practice in Texas. You can get those sparks of flying with some tips and tricks we've learned by making a lot of marriage mistakes. And from all of Amy's professional work with couples, hey, you should be married to a marriage therapist. So if you want to have a marriage on fire, here we go. Hey there, it's Amy Wine from Marriage on Fire, and I am alone today on this podcast, but I'm going to give you a lot of value, and I want to talk to you today from going from a marriage that just survives to a marriage that thrives. We are no longer going to have to just accept that we are going to survive our marriage because we've gotten to a place of maybe our jobs have taken up a lot of our time, we've had a couple of kids. And we've just kind of become more side by side than anything. So we're just surviving our marriage. But I want you to be able to thrive through those years and not live like roommates like I did. And we often can get into a married roommate situation where we just kind of are going about our own day and doing our thing just to get through the day and we fall into bed exhausted and that's okay every now and again but then we get lost in there and we kind of forget about it so what I want to talk about though is conflicts and combat when we're in a situation that we're just kind of surviving it the disagreements and the anger cycle and all of that kind of just you know it comes back up So I want to talk about that. So one thing is I want to talk about disagreeing and conflict in marriage is normal. So many times I see where one of the married couple does not think that it's normal to have disagreements and conflict, but 
you're always going to have disagreements and conflict. It doesn't matter who you're with. You're going to have conflict. It's just a different set of problems or conflict. Does that make sense? So if you're not with the spouse you're with now and you were with someone else, you're going to have more problems. They're just going to be different problems. But in the world that we're in and the way everybody is designed and the life that we live, nobody's perfect and we're all different people. So that creates conflict. So I want you to stop thinking that it's not normal. What's not normal or typical is how you handle the conflict. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today on handling it different because we're always going to have it. So now you guys have got to get back into the fact that both parties must now make joint decisions and you're not always going to agree or align even on the simplest issues. And that's okay. Some things you're just going to have to learn to let it go. But lacking communication to resolve problems, poor habits of blaming, shaming, and attacking often lead couples to explosive fights and subsequent feelings of walking on eggshells. So if you're constantly walking on eggshells, you do a couple things. The person walking on eggshells withdraws from the relationship, which can cause the other partner to have even more anger. And when that partner gets angry, they just keep exploding, thus causing the other partner to walk on eggshells more. So you can kind of see how the cycle goes around Also, when we get in that negative cycle of marriage and we're just coexisting and the conflicts erupt, we often start blaming. We start blaming our spouse. We'll start saying things like, you never date me anymore. It's all your fault. You don't pay attention to me. You're not even trying to meet my needs. If you did not yell, we would not have a problem. If you did not stay silent and you would just talk to me, we would not have a problem. If you would just pick up the house before I come home and make the dinner so that I could just come home, we would not have a problem. If you would take out the trash, pick up your clothes, we would not have a problem. You see what I'm saying? We went from big things to small things. And in a negative override cycle, small things become massive all the time. Then we start blaming And then we start shaming. And with shaming, it's you're not enough for me, right? I can't stand the way you think about things and your mind does not think properly. Like you don't even go and have the right thought processes to handle this conversation. So you can get into shaming very quickly. Or if you don't like your mother-in-law and you tell your wife, you're just like your mother. That's shaming things like that. So watch the shaming as well and attacking. We attack because we don't know how to communicate another way. And it leads to more explosive fights. When that other person feels attacked, they're either going to withdraw because they're scared or they're going to fight back and then everything's going to blow up. So we have to turn some of that around and start talking from a place of I So the simplest thing that you can do is start saying, I am angry that I come home and the house is always a mess and there's never dinner and I feel like we are not on the same page of whose responsibilities are what. And I'm not trying to put anybody into a role because I am in a two-parent working house and my husband actually cooks more than me. But it's just a simple, easy example. For your wife that's a stay at home since that was my example it could be something like I feel attacked 
and I feel like I have to rush and get everything cleaned up because he's going to come home and he's not going to be happy and he's going to find anything to pick at me about. So that's just a negative override cycle. It does not have to be that way. You guys can speak from where you are. Every time the word you comes out of your mouth, you need to try to rephrase it. I feel hurt and I feel upset and quite resistant to having to rush around and get the kids together and clean up the house really fast before you arrive home because I'm worried that you're going to be angry with me. But some days I've had a rough day and I just can't do it all. So you're going to get a different reaction than going and saying, you always get mad at me and I'm sick of it and I'm no longer going to put up with it and I'm not doing a damn thing around this house. You're going to get an attack back. Whereas you say it the other way, it's going to come across a lot more different and allow your spouse to calm down and say, okay, there's something else going on here I'm hearing, right? So let's go on to the next tip. Issues are left unresolved and hurt remains, often acting as an accelerant in future disagreements getting you so heated that you act in ways that sabotage and destroy your connection. So let's break that down a little bit. Issues are left unresolved and hurt remains, accelerating in future disagreements. So because things have not been repaired in the past, they come back to haunt you. And people will let them build and build and build. Some people stuff and blow. I call those the volcanoes. They stuff everything in and don't say it's bothering them. And then all of a sudden it all comes out at one time. And then other people just let it keep festering and keep saying it over and over and over again because they don't feel like they're hurt. All these little things add up and get you so heated that you actually sabotage and destroy your connection. So you will actually attack so much that there's harder and harder to get back together. So you need to talk about repairing things. And that means owning your crap. So for me, um, I was quite short the other night with John. And I had to come back and say to him, you know what, it wasn't you that I was angry at, and I took it out on you. But I was really frustrated from some things that had happened during the day. And I'm tired because I didn't sleep well, and I'm short-tempered. And instead of figuring that out myself, I attacked you for something stupid that you really did not deserve. So that is healthy way to go back. I was not always healthy in that manner. I would have never done it before. That's a repair. For husbands, it's, let me think of one. Um, oh, I got a perfect example. This just happened with us. Last night, I got irritated with John because we had plans tonight with some friends before the football game. And we do it almost every time. Now, we didn't have it on the calendar But it's something we do, and I had mentioned it earlier in the week. And then last night, he tells me he's going to go play golf with some clients at 1 o'clock. And we usually go around 4.30 or 5. And I'm like, okay, golf. He's not going to be home till almost 6. The game starts at 7. So I started getting really ramped up. Because in my emotional world, that means I'm not important to him. And his is he simply had not thought through the timeline nor had he put it together that we were really going with our friends, even though he admittedly said that I said it. So I could have ramped that up, and I almost did, y'all. Like, I get immediately wounded. 
And that's my issue, though. We were able to talk about it. He knows I was upset because I felt, and I told him, I feel unimportant to you. And he said, that's not my intent. And then he said, I just did not realize the timing of everything. Because he's not a planner like I am. I just did not realize the timing of everything. So he kind of let it fester. He knew I was upset. And then he knows that I am a words of affirmation and touch type person. So he did come and touch me, which I allowed. And in the past, I wouldn't have. I allowed him to touch me. And he said, you know what? This is on me. I'm going to figure it out. Even if I only play nine holes of golf, I know it's important that I'm there. So... I'm going to be there, and I'm really sorry that I did not think this through. Now, all this may sound, these real-life examples, like we live in la-la land and nobody could be that great, but I am telling you, if you listen to any of our other podcasts and some that are going to come up, we lived a life of massive anger. So this is night and day from where we used to be, and I promise you, It's not because we're perfect. It's just we've learned to communicate differently with each other to make the marriage work. And we've owned our own crap that we brought in. So it's the level of anger and hostility that usually triggers the fight or flight response, right? Sometimes with our awareness or control, we don't even know we're doing it. So I could have let it get to that where I let my emotions, my upset just erupt of you did it again. You have let me down again. You don't think things through. I am not important to you. You never do anything for me. You're always doing things for yourself. I in the past would have taken it there. So because I kept my level of anger and hostility kind of down when I talked to them, I didn't do as much damage to my relationship. So when out of control, people often say and do things that they later regret. So anger feels like a powerful emotion, but it's actually an out of control emotion. Think about that. Anger feels powerful. We feel like we're getting something out there, but it is actually an out of control emotion. So when you're angry, you are actually out of control. The only person that can control your anger is you. Now, some of you are going to disagree with me. I don't care. I'm just going to stand by it. The secret to anger is you. It's in the kids' book that we teach kids about anger. It's in the vault. The secret to anger is you. It is not your kids. It is not your spouse. It is not your friends. It is not your parents. The secret to anger is you. When you start owning that, you start changing everything. I can blame all day long my anger on somebody else. As a matter of fact, we're taught that as kids. Think about that when you're talking to your kids. Your kids make a mistake, they make a mess, whatever it is, and you get angry. You have just taught your kid that whatever action that they did made you angry. I would not be angry if you would pick up your stuff. I would not be angry if you didn't hit your sister. I would not be angry. You know what message I'm talking about? We all get it as kids. We learn very quickly that mom and dad get mad because we do something, which places that responsibility for anger on somebody else. You're always going to get angry, but just own it yourself, right? And the more you own it, the more you're going to be able to emotionally regulate and calm it down. Okay, fights themselves can be brutal, right? And they leave people stuck in their heads and feelings, reeling from the pain. So when you're constantly fighting, you get stuck there. And it's like a little tornado. And one person is going to have to pull out to change it. So if you're waiting on your spouse to be that person, you may be waiting a whole long time. One person can pull out and start to change it. 
It's vulnerable, it's exhausting, and it's hard. But if you start owning yours, they will eventually come around and start doing it differently as well. But if you're both going to remain in the tornado, you're going to be reeling from the pain. Here is where it goes downhill even more and it starts swirling and swirling in the tornado. We rarely come back to fix the damage done in those moments. It allows us to feed the negative commentary in our head about our mate. So if you're not going back to repair it, if John had not come back to me last night to repair the golf incident, then I would have been today not excited about going to the game. I would have been sad. I would have been hurt. And my negativeness of his head in my head would have been something like, he is so selfish. He is always doing this. We are never going to get past it. Instead, because he came back and repaired it, I was able to let it just go. I felt heard. I felt understood. Now, it doesn't matter if we agree or not. I just need him to hear me and understand where I was coming from. And he didn't because he's like, I don't know why you would feel that way. I'm not trying to make you feel that way. But I did anyway. So him just hearing it and taking action and responsibility changed everything. If not, all that negativity, and if I had felt that way going in today, I guarantee you I would have started a negative cycle with him and we'd have been right back at each other's throats. Because the lack of repair and fear around revisiting the conflict often makes it difficult for couples to move on and makes it challenging for couples to feel motivated and engaging one another on difficult subjects. So we repaired in the moment. That is advance. So that is like way night and day. Before, I would have been hurt. He wouldn't have liked the emotion. So therefore, he would have withdrawn from me which would have made me angrier and made me spiral more and have more negative thoughts. If he would not want to come back the next day or later because he's going to hope it's over where I'm still festering because it hasn't been repaired. And almost all couples I see are in this cycle at some point. He doesn't want to come back and bring it up and say, hey, last night when? Because he doesn't want to rock the boat, right? He is afraid of it getting rocky again and that bringing it back up is going to open the wound, whereas my wound never closed, right? So when that happens, it makes it even more challenging for couples to be motivated, engaging each other on difficult subjects. So this was a simple subject. Can you imagine if it was difficult and he hadn't repaired? So then we start fighting about little things because we can't even get to the big stuff anymore. So repair is extremely important, and that just simply means you're going back to your partner no matter how much time it has been, and you're accepting your part in it. You do not have to own all of it. You only have to own your part, and you have to have heard what your partner is saying, okay? You're going to work on avoiding and eliminating explosive fights before they begin. You're going to do this by being aware of conversations in real time and pull them back if they escalate or start going into sensitive topics that will only blow up in your face. Those should be shelved for now until you learn how to communicate effectively. So you're going to start learning how to emotionally regulate in the moment. And if you see it's going somewhere, you're going to pull back, ask for a break. And I'm going to pause there 
If your partner asks you for a break because it's escalating and you can't give it to them, that is your own emotional regulation issue. You need to give the break. Now, a break does not mean two, three, four days and then never have the conversation. A break is 20 minutes. And then whoever asks for the break, it's their job to come back and tell the partner, I'm ready to have the conversation or I need another 20 minutes. You can go up to 60 minutes. If you need longer than that, you've got to at least have a conversation as to why. Whoever asks for the break, it's your job to come back. Also, when you go take your break, it's to self-soothe, calm down, not plan your defense, not plan your argument and all the points that you're going to come back with. It is to calm down. So expert tip right there on how to do that. You want to pull it back so it does not blow in your face. Sensitive things just are going to have to be shelved for a little bit until you learn to communicate differently. So you start with yourself and you work on responding rather than reacting. Just stop yourself and be aware of your nonverbal and verbal responses and triggers. Okay, stop yourself. Be aware of what you're doing non-verbally. John can have a look on his face and I know exactly what he's feeling. I know if he's angry with me, irritated with me. When you live with somebody long enough, you start picking up on these cues. So your non-verbal cues may be aggressive. Start watching them. Also verbal responses and what triggers you. What is happening that you can say, oh my God, that person triggered me. So flip that and say, what about what happened triggered me not the person but what emotion did it bring up in you okay then you're going to practice nipping potential problems in the bud before they form by offering a simple apology and taking responsibility where it's warranted that's repairing it you're going to validate and acknowledge each other's efforts towards change even a tiny little movement in the right direction should be celebrated right so You're not always going to be successful. If you are the one trying to pull out of the tornado and you are trying to repair and you are trying to come back to this, you are not always going to be successful. Do not give up. You're going to get there. You just got to give it a little bit more time. And people would get mad when they try this and they don't have success right off the bat. But keep going. I promise it can change everything. So... Tiny movements, small things often. Start doing small things for your partner will change everything, okay? If you need to have it, you can have a code word that you both agree on that if it's getting escalated and you have no other way of doing it, you use the code word and it's a boundary to keep from having further damage. So if your partner is hurting you and they're attacking and you're like, code word, code word, code word, whatever that would be, everybody has to stop. This is where your own emotional regulation comes in. Remember, you've got to come back, take ownership, and apologize for your part in the negative interaction. You do not ever want to go in and say the word, you did this, da 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 You have to own your stuff. I felt blank because of blank, period. I heard you say you felt blank because of blank, period. I do not care if you agree with what you're hearing. If they are saying they heard you and they didn't, you did not convey or they are not responding back to what you want them to hear, you try it again until they can hear you. You act like reporters to this in the beginning. It's very rote. I feel blank emotion because of blank whatever has happened, period. I heard you say you feel blank emotion 
because of blank. Hearing and agreeing are two different things. Take responsible for you. When you are calm, you need to schedule time to talk. Quit living side by side and not understanding each other because we can get so busy and wrapped up in jobs and kids and sports and activities and just cleaning the darn house that we forget we need to even have a conversation. And if you can't find 10 or 15 minutes to have a conversation with your spouse a week, something's got to go. So every time you say yes to something, you are saying no to you and your spouse. Schedule time and try to get past the defensiveness, the anger, your resentment, the criticism, and start having a real authentic talk about the past. Use this talk to ask for what you need. It's okay to need something different from your spouse and learn to be more open to hearing what your partner needs from you. Don't interrupt. Don't talk over them. These things are going to go a lot away. I hope that today you will find some things that you can take action on from this podcast. As always, I'd love to hear from you. And check us out at amywine.com. Please leave us a rating or a review. If you're so inclined and you've enjoyed what you're getting out of this, I would love that. And for now, I will talk to you next Thursday. Bye-bye. up our episode for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show just so you don't miss any future episodes. While you're there, it would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. I read each and every one of them. You can find all the links and information mentioned in this podcast episode at www.amywine.com slash podcast. Don't forget to tag me on Instagram at the Amy Wine and let me know what you took away from this episode or what you would love for me to talk about in future episodes. Thanks for listening, and I will see you here again next week on Marriage on Fire. Are you feeling like your marriage is more about going through the routine than the romance? Just the day-to-day drudgery of all the things and the chaos that surround you that you have to do. You're not alone. Hi, I'm Amy Wine, your marriage and family therapist and founder of Thrive Life TV. And we get it. Impact-driven achievers like you deserve a marriage that is just as successful as your business and your career. Your marriage is about more than just staying together. It's about growing together, laughing together, and reigniting the spark that makes you partners in every sense of the word. That is where Thrive Life TV steps in. Join me for exclusive sessions. We're gonna tackle real life marriage challenges. From reigniting passion to deepening your emotional connection, we're talking real change, real results. It is time to transform your marriage into a thriving partnership that you both deserve. On Thrive Life TV, you're going to find practical strategies, shared experiences, and that extra push you need. Are you ready to up-level your marriage? Visit thrivelifetv.com. And let's bring the joy and love and yes, the fun back in your marriage.
I'll see you inside.